folks. Welcome to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. Part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am excited to discuss training camp with you as I'm getting settled in in San Diego. Had an early flight this morning, recording this currently Tuesday afternoon, early evening or so. Nuggets training camp day one has already wrapped. I have a story up on milehighsports.com about the events from today and how Jamal Murray did in his first full day back. This was a big deal. This was a big benchmark for him. We'll talk about that more in the second segment, but first segment, want to go over kind of the sights and sounds of, of day one, what everybody is sort of seeing, what everybody's sort of feeling during this process. And then to wrap up the podcast, we're going to talk about Michael Porter Jr. And I think there is some interesting progress uh, that's that should be talked about with him and, and where he is currently at. If you hear background noise, I'm sorry, by the way, they're apparently doing some work on this hotel right now. They're, they're, I hear some banging and some hammering, so it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. All right. First and foremost, the UC San Diego facilities are awesome. That's where the Nuggets are currently holding training camp in San Diego. It's not at San Diego State. It is at UC San Diego. And this facility is great. It's perfect for what the Nuggets need at this point. They have three full courts along with two, I think, not partial courts, but they're pretty close to full courts, maybe three-quarter courts in kind of the background area. But three full courts and plenty of room on uh, in the middle of the courts, on the outside of the courts. It is a large, large space. It's close to a warehouse in terms of size. And it was just very, very impressive what they were able to do and what they're able to accomplish in there. And I think the Nuggets are probably pretty happy that they're going to be able to spread out. It's unfortunate. I've had to discuss this on the radio today that, yeah, there's definitely a problem with the training camp facilities and that the Nuggets are and the Avalanche specifically. They don't have their own facility. It's too bad. They definitely deserve it at this point. Both of the OS organizations do. And until they kind of break ground on that, I'll be at least a little bit skeptical on when that's actually going to happen. But the Nuggets, at this stage, they get to practice kind of freely in UC San Diego. And as a result, or maybe not as a result of that, but as part of that, it's just a lot of excitement. There's just a lot of good vibes. The media today... We sort of waited outside, kind of the the normal thing that we do. They have a closed practice session. Uh, A lot of it is scrimmaging where they don't necessarily want everybody to see how all of the individual players are doing. But then they open it up to the media and there were actually some impressive greetings. There was a lot of players uh, saying hi to the media, lots of coaches saying hi to the media, uh, team staff personnel. Very interesting to have that uh, Reception That doesn't usually happen for us, where we're usually painted as the villains in a lot of ways, but it was kind of cool. It was kind of nice. But yeah, lots of greetings, fun atmosphere. Everybody's sort of in a, a very, very good mood, but it wasn't a loose mood. It was, it was very much a, it was a serious tone. And it, to me, that what that usually says is that they accomplished a good day of work. It's not that uh, they're they're too uptight or that they're not allowed to have fun or anything like that, but they accomplished what they set out to do. I think everybody was pretty happy to share in that. Players were getting shots up at the end when 
we we finally got into the building. I think everybody's going to be surprised at Ish Smith's jump shot. It is. It starts very low and on one side of his body, and then it's almost a catapult straight up into the air. Nuggets fans are going to be uh, surprised about that one, I think. But it was very fun. It was very interesting to see sort of how everything was going once again. It's still practice, still a basic practice more so than anything, but it was nice to see everybody. Michael Malone, Jamal Murray, and Christian Brown spoke today. Uh, first on Christian Brown, I didn't really include much of what he said in the article that I wrote today, but he was nice. He was a good voice to have and, and just to hear what his first experiences were as a member of the Denver Nuggets. He was asked, uh, how good is Nikola Jokic? How have you, uh, what did you think of him? And he was like, oh, yeah, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. And Christian Brown, I think he's got a, uh, I think he's got a really, like, he's got some good character to him. And you could tell that in his answers from yesterday in media day. You could tell that from his answers today. He seems like a guy who can't believe that he's in the NBA, but is going to continue to work hard at it. Uh, Midwest kid, sort of like an Austin Reeves vibe from the Lakers. Um, Alex Caruso vibe, but I'm not trying to just give a whole bunch of white role players. But I do think that he's going to try to fill a similar role where the Nuggets, they need that role player skill. They need somebody that is just happy to be there and doesn't necessarily need all the shots and all of the attention, but can still make an impact in those limited minutes. And Christian Brown strikes me as a guy that is going to be able to do that, just in limited conversations. Michael Malone spoke today. I'll save the Jamal Murray segment for next, but Malone, when asked about the theme for today's or for this year specifically, he had a long uh, diatribe, as what I will say. He had four different tenets that he wanted to address. Among those tenets was their clutch offense or their clutch play, uh, the defense. Jeez, uh, oh yeah, he wanted to win the division, and he wanted to improve Denver's record against the good teams in the West, especially the West, but good teams in general. Also, protecting home court. That was definitely one where Denver only won 23 games last year. They were 23 and 18. Pretty horrible in terms of what actual good teams are supposed to do. Supposed to win at least 25 games. And the fact that Denver couldn't really do that, I think that says a lot. But if they can reclaim their home court this next year, that would mean a lot, I think, for uh, their actual playoff chances. But yeah, Malone was in a good mood. He was very much of the mind that, yeah, this was a good, good sign for where the Nuggets are at. He spoke a lot about Jamal Murray. He spoke a lot about Michael Porter. But I want to, before kind of going into that, I want to really focus in on the discipline, on the attention to detail, on the defensive side, because that's where Michael Malone's head is at. That's all it's at. Everything else is going to take care of itself. The offense is going to take care of itself. Don't really have to worry too much about that when you have Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, and Michael Porter Jr. But if Denver can't get up to the level that they need to be defensively, they're just never going to be the team that everybody hopes that they can be. And so I'm not surprised that he has so heavily focused on that in his conversations with the media over the course of these last two days. But the common phrase that keeps coming up 
is don't talk about it, be about it. It's funny. I don't remember when I first heard it, but Michael Malone broke it out once again today. Don't talk about it, be about it. And it is funny, but it's true. The Nuggets need to be about it. They can't just verbalize that they want to win a championship. They have to show and not tell. And what that means is putting in the work now, is putting in the early work, making sure that the details are all wrapped and attentive. And if you are focused in, then it's going to be so much easier to excel in the the games where things really matter. Denver has the talent to get through the games that don't necessarily matter. Even if they don't have any attention to detail, they could still win 50 games next year. There's no doubt about that. But it's the way that you approach certain things. It's the way you play. It's how you approach certain situations. And that's what Michael Malone was talking about. He wants Denver to really focus in on those above 500 games. He wants them to focus in on the clutch time. He wants them to focus in on defending home court. He wants them to focus in on the defense. It's not a surprise. It's not a surprise that discipline, attention to detail, and all of this is really what's on the front of the mind. And I think the Nuggets are sort of reflecting that in their their first days of training camp. First at media day, now at the first day of training camp, it certainly seems like the Nuggets are in that general mode where they have to focus in on what matters. And what matters, I think, has changed because Denver's goals have changed, or at least how they approach it has certainly changed. Let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to talk about Jamal Murray, what he had to say today, and his progress towards being healthy. But first, everybody, football is back, and nobody is more excited than your friends at Superbook Sports. Superbook is bringing Vegas-style wagering to the palm of your hands, and now they will match 100% of your first bet up to $1,000, no matter if the bet wins or loses. You don't have to be at the stadium to enjoy football this fall. Just visit Superbook.com or download the Superbook Colorado app right now and start getting out on all of the action. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. Jackson Rule, Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. I appreciate all the love and support on the program, as always. If you can, it would be awesome if you could rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. That would go a long way. Five stars, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. It helps send me out to places like this in San Diego, where I can give you on-the-ground coverage of everything that's going on, and I really do appreciate it. All right, let's talk Jamal Murray. I focused in on this in my story, so if you want a more detailed account, or at least a different account, then head over there to milehighsports.com. But yeah, today was the first full practice that Jamal Murray went through since tearing his ACL in April of 2021. If you remember, he went through parts of practice back in April when Denver was gearing up for the playoffs. Uh, That was about 12 months out from his ACL tear. 
and his rehab just wasn't where it needed to be in order to really push back and get to where Denver needed to go. I maintain that had Jamal injured himself in January of 2021, that January of 2022, he may have come back and he probably would have played 10, 15, 20 minutes, something like that, trying to get himself up to speed. But I think the rehab would have been a little bit better, would have been a little bit easier for him rather than right at the end of the previous season and then kind of treading into the actual 2021-2022 season to the point where he couldn't really make it back for the playoffs. It was tough on him, for sure. But he talked about the day that he felt good, that he felt rejuvenated. He said just playing hard, playing aggressive, trying to pace himself. He's going through all of these steps where he's met certain benchmarks along the way. He wants to continue to celebrate those. He wants to make sure that he can continue pushing himself. Well, not looking back too much, but when he does look back, he shared this with me today. He's been talking with Darrell Arthur. Darrell Arthur, of course, is on the Nuggets staff. He's a part of the Nuggets organization now. And Darrell had knee injuries during his time. He was certainly a player who has gone through what Jamal has gone through, or at least a similar version of it. And so Jamal has kind of leaned on him during this situation and had some conversations with him. And one of the pieces of advice that Darrell gave him was that if you look back two months back, three months back, and just continue to take a look at the progress that you've already made, that'll give you the motivation to keep pushing. And the thing that came out of media day was that Jamal, from April to September, when he was trying to get back, versus now when he really is back, it's just night and day. Now, it might not be to 100% where he would like to be. He might have a little bit of soreness. It might be something that he just has to deal with going forward. But what he can do is work through that. And he can take that and be like, okay, I would rather have this than being in the copious amounts of pain that I was back in April, just trying to get back on the court. He said that he could do more and more, especially as the rehab has continued to progress and get further and further away from the actual surgery. So his problem that he's going to have to deal with, especially on short notice, is that he is going to have He's going to have to get up to speed. Game speed is a big deal. Michael Malone mentioned it yesterday. Jamal mentioned it today. That getting up to game speed is the biggest thing for him. That he plays at his own pace. And sometimes when he watches the film, he's like, okay, maybe that's that's a little too slow. He's going to have to find a way to sustain game speed for long stretches. And that's not going to be able to happen until he plays in games, until he comes back. But he's ready. He's ready to come back. There's no doubt about it. It's still a journey. He is not out of the woods in terms of, okay, He's uh, it's the, the re-injury risk is not, a, not as big of a deal right now. But he's not out of the woods in the scope that it might still take some time for him to get back to be the version of the player that he wants to be, that he knows he can be. And whether that's just recreating what he was doing before, whether that's stepping his game up to new heights going forward, Murray still has large goals. He still wants to be 
great. And so if he can't be great, he's going to be hard on himself. And he's been playing it cautious. He's definitely been playing it cautious with the media, with his own kind of setting of expectations. But I feel pretty good about where he's at. I do. I think that he's going to be a player who takes his time, who is going to try to take every step and not skip steps during this process. And that's going to make it better for January, February, March, April, and hopefully beyond that. Now, is he going to be great in October, November, December? I don't know. I think we have to just see him. I'm so excited to watch him play on October 3rd when the Nuggets play the OKC Thunder in their first preseason game. But I think he will be playing in that. I think the Nuggets want him to play in that. And they want to get him ready and accustomed to what a season is going to look like. And he's not going to be able to play in back-to-backs. I mentioned this yesterday, but it does seem like that is pretty clear from what he said yesterday and from what Michael Malone said today, that they are going to manage him, that they are going to try to uh, not send him full bore into winning games and making sure to build those habits early on in October and November. With him, it's just about building the habit of being able to stay healthy and then running the offense and everything will take care of itself after that. I do genuinely believe that. So we're going to see. We're going to see what he looks like. But for now, let's take another break. When we come back, we're going to finish up with Rotation Watch and with Michael Porter Jr. We'll be right back. Final segment, pickaxe and roll. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Let's wrap this conversation up by going through the rotation, by going through some of the things that Michael Malone said today that the Nuggets actually did, as well as then we'll talk about Michael Porter Jr. The rotation, I think, is interesting from the perspective of we basically know what the starting lineup is going to be, and there are very few questions about it. Murray, KCP, Porter, Gordon, Jokic. That's what the team used today when they were scrimmaging. It's what they used when they were breaking off into different teams. I'm not really surprised. I'm not really surprised that that's the way that they're going to go. I see very little reason to break that up. Yes, Bruce Brown has a good claim to play over KCP, but I think the best thing for the Nuggets is to add that consistent 3 and D option to their starting lineup. Bruce Brown will be a player that plays pretty consistently off the bench, and he will stagger. He will have a role for sure. And Michael Malone said that he may close games for the Nuggets, which is a hint, hint about Michael Porter. Not going to lie. I do think, though, that Denver's starting lineup is pretty set. That's what they want to go with. When those guys are healthy, that's who will play. Now, the second unit, that's a little bit of a different story. Denver, in this particular instance, Michael Malone said that Bones Highland, Bruce Brown, Davon Reed, Jeff Green, and DeAndre Jordan were the five that went out there for the first second unit of the season. Now, the most notable thing about that is no Zeke Naji. 
Zignaji has proven to be a capable player for the Nuggets. He's a young player that the Nuggets are hoping continues to break out. But in this particular scrimmage, which may or may not matter, it, it, we'll just have to see what happens. But in this particular one, DeAndre Jordan was the backup center. His relationship with Jeff Green, I think probably has some merit to that. Those guys, they'll play connected. They'll play hard. They will continue to execute. And I have to imagine that they'll both be pretty decent in situations like this against or with each other. But it is sort of a low ceiling front court where you have Davon Reed out there, Jeff Green, and DeAndre Jordan. It is not a strong unit by any stretch of the word. Bones and Bruce Brown, they're going to have to do a lot of the heavy lifting in situations like that. And DeAndre Jordan's going to have to do a lot of dirty work in situations like that. I get a little bit worried about lineups like that one because I don't think that Denver has enough spacing to be able to really make it work. Bruce Brown is at his best when he's cutting, when he's attacking the rim, slashing to the rim. DeAndre Jordan plays at the rim. It's going to be a lot of bodies in the way of Bruce Brown while DeAndre Jordan is trying to get to the lane. So I'm very curious to see what it looks like. I'm very curious to see whether that's the way that they actually go. I'm curious to see whether they change it up. Maybe Zignaji will play with the second unit tomorrow. Maybe he'll play power forward. Maybe he'll play center. We don't really know. But that is something to watch going forward. I do think that Bones and Bruce Brown are pretty much penciled in, that Ish Smith probably isn't going to play that much, but I do think that that is one where, with Zeke Naji, Denver doesn't really know what to do with him right now, and we're going to see whether that helps or hurts him. Lastly, I want to go over some conversations about Michael Porter Jr. There's a lot of pressure on Porter. There's no doubt about it. He is the guy more so than even Murray, who has the most pressure on him heading into this season. I did the pressure index on 20Q. Everybody, if you if you remember that, MPJ was in his own category in terms of how much pressure he was under. Now, there's no surprise because he hasn't proven yet that he can stay healthy fully. He hasn't proven yet that the defense is a non-issue. He hasn't figured out fully how to integrate himself into the offense And frankly, doesn't really have the trust of Michael Malone. At least not yet. Michael Malone gives him a lot of tough love. He is not a Michael Malone player, Porter. Porter has to work for this. And Michael Malone has admitted that he he clearly wants it. that That Porter wants to be a great player. And in order to be a great player, he has to shore up some of these weaknesses and shore up some of these questions. That sort of surround him. But there are a lot of questions. And I was not surprised to hear about kind of uh, Michael Malone's perspective on this, where he talked about Porter needing to be better on the defensive end. He talked about how the top players or how the top teams in the NBA, they all have players out there on the court that aren't defensive liabilities. And he's one step away from calling Michael Porter a defensive liability in that statement. I do think that Porter has different levels that he can get to on the defensive end. It's about focus. It's about execution. It's about want to. 
and it's also about health. If he's not healthy enough to be able to do the things that he wants to do, it may come across the, the TV or kind of the viewing experience as him not wanting to do certain things. I think it'll be important to separate those two. If he's injured, if he's not healthy enough to make certain rotations, that in and of itself is an issue, of course, but it's a more understandable issue. If the Nuggets feel like he is healthy enough to do certain things, that he can be a high-level defensive player that just isn't right now because of his knowledge and because of his ability to really impact things, then that's a little bit more concerning, but it's also one of those things where it can be correctable. If Porter never gets to that healthy place, then I do think that his ceiling is completely capped and that the Nuggets are right to have other options on this on this roster. Michael Malone mentioned Bruce Brown closing games. He mentioned that for a reason. Who's he going to close games over? Maybe it's KCP sometimes. Maybe it's Aaron Gordon sometimes. It's not going to be Murray. It's not going to be Jokic. It certainly might be Porter. I do think that if Denver is looking for that best defensive group, Porter's not out there. And it's pretty clear that he's not. But he has the potential to get to that place, or at least get to a place where the Nuggets don't feel like they have to save him. He needs to get that trust back. But Michael Malone also commented today that he needs to work on the details, especially on the offensive game, where he has to run all the way to the corner. He has to consistently work on his off work on his off ball spacing. He can't be floating towards the ball on offense. He has to continue to be disciplined with how he runs certain sets because he's so good as a cutter, as a shooter, and then reacting to certain plays that he can set himself up into better positions if he stays true to the offense. But he hasn't, at least not fully to date. I do think that they can optimize him a little bit better that it's going to take some time, that it's going to take some effort on all fronts in order to make that a reality. But the fact is is that Porter still has a ways to go. And while the discussion about Murray has been more positive, although the expectations have been tempered, the conversation about Porter has not been super positive. Like they say he's talented. They say he can do some things that he wants to do some things. But I'm not sure they've said that he's doing those things. So that's something I will be paying attention to for the rest of the, for the rest of the training camp, at least see if it bleeds through into the preseason. We'll just have to see. All right. That is basically it. Yeah. That's everything I have for day one of the training camp festivities. I will continue to have more, uh, pretty tired right now as we sort of navigate the the nuances of traveling and trying to figure out how best to operate in this situation. Uh, doing my best trying to figure this out. So bear with me if something happens either today or tomorrow or Thursday or whatever. I'll do my best. But for now, that is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll brought to you by Superbook Sports. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support as always. I should be back tomorrow, 
with both an article and a podcast. We'll just have to see. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Talk to you guys very soon.